Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Greetings, Ram fans. Season 2, Episode 30 of Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. Rams beat the Chargers 29-22 Saturday night at SoFi. A couple of things Ram fans can really be excited about coming out of that game. Dropped a recap on our YouTube channel right after the game. I'll probably be following that pattern through the preseason. We'll get a recap of the game dropped on our YouTube channel soon after the game followed by our regular pod drop on Monday morning. That's what we're doing this week. We'll probably do that next week as well. So this episode, we will have a more thorough recap of the game. And then we'll have a fearsome four segment, four things we learned from the game, four questions we still have. And then we're going to wrap up this episode with a mauling the media segment, going after the big boys. And before we dive into this episode, I wanted to throw out another mauling the media bit right here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but did you catch Mike Florio? He's upset that the Rams gave McVeigh a contract, although they sort of kind of denied it for several months. Apparently McVeigh got his new contract in the spring and Florio, pro football talk anyways, posted on Twitter, they should give the Rams another Lombardi for their ability to so casually and nonchalantly tell lies. Florio cannot help himself. He seems to go after the Rams for something, anything, once a week. But our Mulling the Media segment isn't about pro football talk. It's about someone else. So check that out. Some other random news and notes. Rams are now two and a half point underdogs to the Bills. So... Money going on the bills in that opener. If that gets to three, which I doubt it will, that would be a great spot to lay some money on the Rams. Home opener, McVay 5-0 on opening day. Granted, Bills are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, but still three points at home with Sean McVay. I would be all over that. And I also wanted to point out, I made kind of a big deal last week about two things I saw on the first unofficial depth chart released by the Rams. One was Terrell Lewis being buried at the edge position. Apparently that was a mistake. They now have him joined at the hip with Justin Hollins opposite of Leonard Floyd. That makes more sense, and it also would explain why Lewis did not play against the Chargers. And another thing that was probably a mistake in that initial release, Jordan Fuller's second string. Now he is tied at the hip with Taylor Rapp opposite of Nick Scott, suggesting Nick Scott is one starter. The other starter will be either Fuller or Rapp. Get through some random NFL news, and I'm going to focus on our divisional rivals here. Three bullets I wanted to share with you. Danny Gray, the wide receiver drafted by the 49ers, could be a formidable weapon for them. He only had one catch, but it was for 76 yards. He's a guy that can obviously stretch the field for the Niners. Good stuff. Well, bad stuff if you're a Ram fan, but just one game, though, one catch. But he certainly looks like a weapon. Another 49er rookie, defensive end Drake Jackson, hurt his shoulder. 
I don't think it's serious. We'll have to keep an eye on that. And the Seattle quarterback competition, pretty much dead even between Geno Smith and Drew Locke after one preseason game, at least statistically, although it was Locke's late fumble that led to the Steelers' game-winning drive. And one other note on injuries, Bobby Brown, I talk about him a little bit later on, probably in a couple spots actually, and the latest word I had this supersedes anything I say later in this podcast is that they do not think it's serious. Crossing their fingers, it's not a big injury. He'll be suspended, of course, for the first six weeks, but it does not appear at this point that that ankle injury is going to be serious enough to prevent him from returning in week seven. That's the early view on that. Could change. Let's hope for the best when it comes to Bobby Brown, because I think we're going to need him in that defensive line rotation. And how about those Dodgers? I told you, I told you all that they were in trouble about three or four weeks ago with Muncie, Bellinger, and Turner stinking up the joint. Well, they've turned it around just a little bit, haven't they? Looking like the team of the century at this point. Go Dodgers. We'll be back in a second for more on that Ram-Charger game. Football fans, The next generation of fantasy football is here with Rainmakers Football, the first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. The next generation of fantasy football is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. So what are my takeaways from the Ram Charger game? I'm going to regurgitate what I shared on the YouTube channel for the most part. Try to add a little more context if I can. But obviously, we are all super excited about this Lance McCutcheon dude. Where did he come from? I have not heard a peep about this guy since June. And now we hear before the game, hey, you know, they're really excited about this Lance McCutcheon dude. And sure enough, he goes off five catches for 87 yards two touchdowns plus a two-point conversion. You know, it seemed like a lot more than that. My special assistant texted me and said, hey, this reminds me of Victor Cruz's coming out party in 2010. Victor's stats were even more inflated than Lance's, but still, same idea. Who the heck is this guy? Well, he's a six foot three, 202-pound undrafted rookie out of Montana State, the same school as Daniel Hardy. And by the way, assuming both these guys make the team, we'll have more Montana State alumni than we do Alabama alumni. Let that sink in. 
But McCutcheon appears to have everything, all the skills that you want in an NFL wide receiver. He's got size, as I said, 6'3", 202. He's got speed. He's got great hands. We saw that against the Chargers. He's got a great body for blocking out DBs. And he blocks a little bit too. And he's a pretty good route runner. We saw that on the two-point conversion. That was quite a route that reminded me of a Cooper Cup route, to be honest with you. So if Lance has been taken under Cooper Cup's wing, I want to see more of that. They're headed in the right direction with Lance McCutcheon. And what does this mean for Jacob Harris? He's probably itching to get back on the field because it's a crowded room at wide receiver. Uh, There's another guy that kind of stood out a little bit, not to that level, but Austin Trammell, I had talked about him, the Rams picking him up, and he, he didn't have a great game or anything, but I just wanted to say he reminded me so much of Danny Amendola uh, when I was watching him on the on his one reception uh, ball in his hands, yards after the catch. That's Danny. That's Danny Amendola that we're watching there. I don't think Trammell's going to make the team, but he's still an exciting guy, fun to watch, and he did return some kicks as I predicted. Out of curiosity, I went back and looked. Danny Amendola, 5'11", 185. Our Austin Trammell, 5'10", 185. So there you have it. Other thing I wanted to mention is our young edge rushers outside linebackers, Daniel Hardy, Benton Whitley, Braden Thomas, all flashed at times. Kind of petered out at the end of the game, though. They were really in the quarterback's face early on, a little quieter later on in the game, but still very promising, especially from Hardy. I think he's going to be a good player. Chris Garrett held out with that groin injury. He needs to get back on the field. He's got some competition for those roster spots. Now, Bobby Brown, you know, when I heard he was suspended for the first six games, I wasn't too terribly upset because I didn't really know what his role was going to be. You know, he hardly played last year. Not sure what the Rams see in him, hoping that he's going to be part of that rotation because they're kind of thin after those first three guys, in my opinion. And then he was lights out early in the game. He looked like our best defensive player at times, and then he gets hurt. So we can only hope that that ankle injury, I think it's an ankle injury, isn't serious. Hopefully he can come back about the time his suspension's over. That would be ideal. Uh waiting to hear word on the seriousness of Bobby Brown's injury. And you know who else I really liked? A.J. Rose. Everybody, including the announcers, were penciling in Kyron Williams as the number three back, Jake Funk number four. And I get it, Kyron Williams, higher draft pick, very promising, but we haven't seen anything from him yet. A.J. Rose looked really good to me. Showed a lot of wiggle on that goal line run. I watched that in slow motion a couple of times, and I'm like, this guy is not getting in. No way. But he made a nice little move and got into the end zone, and we've been kind of lacking in that area since Malcolm Brown moved on. So A.J. Rose has a chance to make this team, perhaps at the expense of Jake Funk. I don't know if they can carry all of them. Jake Funk, great special teams player and very versatile I'm not saying Rose is going to beat out Funk, but I'm just saying I liked what Rose brings to the table. I thought he had a very good game. 
our young cornerbacks shined early on, Kobe Durant and Darion Kendrick, and they are calling him Kobe Durant now. So I guess that's a done deal. No more DeKobe Durant. And Grant Haley actually had a great second half, ended up leading the team in tackles. And when you if you heard uh, Sean McVay on the mic there, he called out Grant Haley a couple of times. So he liked what he was seeing. Overall, disappointed in the offensive line. McVay called out A.J. Jackson for having a good game. I have to go back and look. Logan Bruss, I didn't think, performed well. First game out of the gate, cut him some slack. And Cameron Dicker had all the kicking duties, punting, kickoffs, extra points. There were no field goal attempts. I'm not sure what that means. Um, if, I, if I were to guess, I would say Riley Dixon has the job wrapped up, but not sure on that. Maybe the Rams are just giving Dicker an opportunity to audition for other teams. Kind of early for that. I thought I thought we'd see more of a competition in this game. Maybe first half Dicker, second half Dixon, but we'll see. Be interesting to see what pans out in that department, assuming neither of these guys are included in the five cuts forthcoming Tuesday. And I wanted to talk about Bryce Perkins, and I'm going to be in the minority here. I know he's exciting. We love his speed. We love his ability to extend plays, dodge linebackers, produce on off-schedule plays. But that's not what I want to see from this guy at this point. I want to see him drop back and get rid of the ball, hit receivers in small windows, move the chains with his arm instead of his legs. Hey, maybe that's just me, but that's what I want to see. We all know what he can do with his legs. He needs to start winning with his arm. But but I will admit, if he's a guy coming off the bench to replace Matthew Stafford, God forbid, that's a different cup of tea for the defense to deal with. But I'd feel much better about Perkins if he demonstrated that he could consistently complete throws to a bunch of receivers. He was 10 for 17 for 133 yards and two touchdowns. You take away those throws to McCutcheon and a couple of those plays, that was all McCutcheon in my opinion. Five for 12 for 40 some yards and no touchdowns. So I'm still in Bryce Perkins' camp. Just want to see a little bit more with his arm and less with his legs. That'll only help his development. Remember the one play where Perkins extended it up the sideline, dodged a couple of linebackers. It was a brilliant play. Turned a sack into a 15, 17-yard gain, and the announcers went crazy. That's what we want to see from Bryce Perkins. I beg to disagree. That's not what I want to see from him at this point. He had a handful of good plays in the pocket. Not enough for me, though. He had a couple of really poor throws. The one interception, he got bailed out on that by the pass interference. A couple of others. And we kind of gloss over that because we get so excited about how he plays outside of the pocket. But man, got to admit, super exciting type of guy I hate to have to see my team defend and a guy like that rolls in as the backup quarterback.
final segment, the mauling media segment. Let's take one last look at this Ram Charger game. I'm going to give you the fearsome four things I learned from the game. I'm going to tell you the fearsome four questions that I still need answered. And I'm going to take my guess at the five cuts that are expected in the next couple of days. First, the fearsome four things that I learned. Number one, Lance McCutcheon is an NFL caliber receiver. I have no doubt about that. I don't think he's a lock to make this roster yet. But if he doesn't make this roster, he's going to make someone else's. I'm telling you that. Here are some four things I learned. Number two, our young cornerbacks are going to be very good. Kendrick and Durant, they just play. You can see it. They play with so much confidence. In-your-face cornerbacks coming up and making tackles, breaking up passes. Our secondary is in such good shape with these two new additions. The number three thing I have learned I think we're going to have a competition at the running back position after our top two. I know on the depth chart right now, Jake Funk is number three. A lot of people have Kyron Williams penciled in at number three. So that's a crapshoot right now. Who's going to win out at number three? Need to see Kyron Williams get healthy. And then there's A.J. Rose. I'm telling you, he's going to make a run at a roster spot. I may be jumping the gun on that, but we'll see liked what I saw from A.J. Rose in that Charger game. And the fourth thing that I learned, I do not feel good about our offensive line depth. I'm not sure anyone really played well. Maybe A.J. Jackson. Nobody else stood out. We have a lot of bodies there, including Logan Bress. I have confidence in any one of them getting rotated into the starting five at this point. I'd have to say no. And what are my first and four questions that remain? Question number one, who is our backup linebacker? I heard someone on Twitter saying that Christian Roseboom didn't play, and that's an indication he's first up. We saw Jake Hummel out there, Jake Gervas, a couple of other guys, but I'm still unclear on the depth that we have there. Do we have enough depth? Do we have people that can step in? We might actually end up missing Troy Reeder at some point as hard as it is to believe that. Now we will get Trevin Howard back at some point, and that's going to help. Question number two, is Logan Bress the answer? Not a promising start. First game out of the gate. I know, pump the brakes on calling him a bust. He could end up being very, very good. But you have to admit, there's a question there. And question number three, is Bryce Perkins the third string quarterback? Does he have a shot at unseating John Wolford as the number two quarterback? And I think the answer to that is no. I think Wolford is a better quarterback for McVay's system. But uh, but I think there's plenty of people that have the opposite opinion. We may find out more next week. I, I, I'm throwing this question out for the community. I think I know the answer, but I have a feeling a lot of people are asking this question this morning. And question number four, how many wide receivers can we carry? I mean, it's a great problem to have, but Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, Ben Skaronic, Tutu Atwell, pencil them in on the roster. And then we got three more guys, Brandon Powell, did he not play because of his knee or because he has already made the team as a returner? Then we have Lance McCutcheon, who looked like a, like I already touched on this, looks like an NFL caliber wide receiver. 
And then there's Jacob Harris. That's eight guys. Eight guys. Can't see them carrying all eight. How many can they carry? Which ones of these guys can contribute on special teams? Can Lance McCutcheon contribute on special teams? We'll have to see. And I'm going to take my shot at the five guys that are going to get cut. Hopefully their moms aren't listening. I think a cornerback's going to get cut, and I think it's going to be Cesar Dancy Williams. I think the inside linebacker, Anthony Hines, will be cut. Offensive lineman, Adrian Ely. Wide receiver, Warren Jackson. And tight end, Jared Pinckney. Now, those are just guesses. I could go 0 for 5 here. None of these five are going to make the final roster. feel pretty confident about that. Five guys got to go, and these are the guys I'll roll with. We'll see how I did. Hopefully, for their sake, I'm wrong. Of course, that means someone else is getting cut. We'll be back in a second for our Mauling the Media segment. Going after the big boys. They're never going to be the same after hearing this. Right, time for another round of mauling the media. And who am I going after this time? I'm going after Dan Patrick and the Danettes. Once again, second week in a row, kind of picking on someone that I actually like for the most part. I listen to their show sometimes on my morning drive and uh, generally enjoy it. But this time, they had a very interesting discussion. They were talking about the value of a great kicker. And they were talking about Justin Tucker specifically. And uh, going to go off on a minor tangent so I can provide the right backdrop here. The argument that Dan and the Danettes were making is Justin Tucker might be more valuable than people realize. And, and the way they presented this argument was who would you rather have Justin Tucker or the best running back in the league. Any running back in the league you want, who would you rather have? And they actually were all leaning towards Justin Tucker. And I kind of get it. As they argued, Justin Tucker wins games for you. Whereas running backs, you know, obviously they contribute a lot towards the W's. But when it comes to crunch time, man, it is nice to have someone like Justin Tucker. Now, The one thing I wanted to pick on that argument about was, you know, that may be true now, but I don't think there's any kicker that I would take over a running back like Marshall Falk. And I'm not sure I would take every kicker over Derrick Henry, but I haven't even got to my main point that I wanted to maul these guys a little bit. They also said that drafting kickers may not be so smart and they provided a statistic, and I I tried to find it afterward, tried to find it on their podcast. I could not find it, but basically the stat went something like this, that a very low percentage of drafted kickers stay with the team that drafted them. A majority of them can't stick with the team that drafted them. What I have a problem with is, when do most kickers get drafted? They get drafted fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, mostly in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. And 
yeah, a kicker drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round has a small chance, probably less than 50% chance, I would think, of sticking with their team at all. And what we've seen a lot of, as I looked at the data here, a lot of kickers, they might make the team and then they miss a couple clutch kicks and they're done, they're gone, the team moves on from them. But this was my main point. You could say that about any position in the NFL, any player drafted at a particular position in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, good chance they're not going to stick with the team that drafted them. That This isn't something unique to kickers. And I did a little experiment, a little data dive. I went back over all the kickers drafted since 2007. I excluded a couple that were drafted punters slash kickers, guys that were strictly kickers that were drafted. There were 26 of them. And then I looked at the wide receiver that was drafted immediately before them. And I think there was one case I took someone that was drafted a few picks behind the kicker because it was just a long leap forward to the previous wide receiver and it would skew the data. So I looked at the 26 kickers and the 26 wide receivers. The 26 kickers and the wide receiver drafted immediately before them. And what did the data yield? Kickers, those 26 kickers lasted on average about 2.3 seasons with the team that drafted them. Wide receivers, 1.9. 1. 1.9 years they lasted with the team that drafted them. And just to, to make sure that certain players weren't skewing this data, guys like Mason Crosby, who has played 15 years, going on 15 years with his original team. And that's the one thing in favor of place kickers is that they play for that long at least potentially play for a long time, guys like Mason Crosby. So I looked at the median as well and still in favor of the kickers. Obviously a faulty approach to single out kickers. Obviously getting drafted in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round has guys that don't stick with the team that drafted them, and that's a reason maybe you shouldn't be spending a draft pick on a kicker. That's true of virtually every position, I can almost guarantee you. Not unique to kickers. Kickers are not special in this regard. Dan and the Dennett's lots of fun. Love listening to them, but they were a little bit off on this one. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library. Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.